It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Run from it, hide from it, it all comes the same. The in-season tournament is here. Why it matters for the Orlando Magic and a how-to guide from people who are used to these in-season tournaments. We'll cover it all on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 14th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I'm the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, this is your introduction to the NBA in-season tournament. The Orlando Magic finally entering the fray and ready to take Group C by storm. Today, I'll talk about why the in-season tournament is important for the Orlando Magic, why they should take this seriously. Plus, we'll talk to our pals from across the pond at Let's Talk Magic, formerly Orlando Magic UK, and Penny for Your Thoughts podcast. We'll chat with them about what is the magic of in-season tournaments, how teams in the, in the league, in the area that uh, kind of inspired the NBA to go this route, how they view these tournaments and how they approach them. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Also, don't forget, your line of magic play the Brooklyn Nets tonight in their first in-season tournament game at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. If you want the hometown broadcast with our man Jake Chapman, check it out on SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Magic. Before we get into the talk about what in-season tournaments mean, um, and, and I think here in Orlando, we have a little bit of an idea of what these tournaments can be and what these tournaments can mean. Um, last year, if you don't know, if you don't live in Orlando, that's okay. Um, last year, Orlando City Soccer Club, Orlando City SC, won the U.S. Open Cup, their first trophy since joining MLS. And I can tell you, uh, be, having been at that final game, I wore my Orlando City gear on the podcast after that game ended, um, being at that championship game, it had it felt as big as anything else. Um, there was a mini parade, mini parade or a gathering at, at City Hall the, the Wednesday after. Of course, Orlando City had a game that Saturday, thus the in-season tournament. 
And, you know, we can debate whether or not that had an effect on this season where Orlando City is second um, in the Eastern Conference. They're hosting an Eastern Conference semifinal match uh, on November 25th, on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I think that's the 25th. Um, We can debate whether that had a a momentum-building impact, but certainly Orlando City is now in the business of winning trophies once again. That's kind of what I see as important about this, about this in-season tournament. Um, again, I get it. This tournament feels very contrived. I'm not going to sit here and deny it. I like the idea. I'm a fan of it. I'm excited for it. But it is absolutely manufactured. Um, it is manufactured to get eyeballs, to get attention, to get people to care about the NBA uh, in November and December when they otherwise wouldn't. I can't tell you how many even basketball fans I talk to who say they don't pay attention to the NBA until Christmas. And Christmas is the unofficial start of the NBA season. It's the first time they have the big nationally televised games on ABC. And despite the NFL's attempts, the NBA still aims to own Christmas Day. Um, Stan Van Gundy once joked there should be basketball on 24 hours a day on Christmas and is Someone who's Jewish, I cannot disagree. I need my Chinese food, I need my movies, and I need my NBA basketball. Um, That's just how it is. Um, We're not sure yet how players will take this tournament. And and, and I've always kind of suspected that the first couple games in the group play wouldn't feel all that different. But as you got closer to games that could mean something to games that could mean elimination or advancing that we would see the intensity ratchet up. And by all accounts so far, the tournament has been a huge success. Um, the NBA released earlier today that there was a 50% increase on viewership of Friday's games against a similar window last year. Uh, players anecdotally at least are saying, yeah, these games feel a little bit bigger. Maybe it's the special courts and jerseys. Maybe it's not. But you put a trophy in front of players. I mean, Paolo Bencaro joked on Saturday after they went over the Milwaukee Bucks that, like, there's an extra $500,000 involved. I'm, of course I'm going for it. Um, he makes 12. He's His contract calls for him to make $12 million this year. So, it's an ex, you know, he's still on his rookie contract. That that Supermax hasn't kicked in quite yet. He's still a couple years away from, from getting that deal. Um, but, yes, I do think players are – are going, I think players are going to buy in, especially as they get closer to potentially winning a trophy. Trophies are good. Um, and again, I'm not here saying, oh, there should be participation trophies, that everyone should get a trophy. No. Trophies are earned, and this is a trophy you can earn. And of course, you want players going for it. Now, I will grant you, we don't know how the Magic will respond. Um, Jamal Mosley spoke at practice on Monday, saying essentially, saying essentially you know, yes, there does feel there, it does feel a little bit bigger. There is something extra to this. It's not just a regular season game, which of course, remember, this game still counts for the regular season. Uh, but it, it does have that extra facet to it. But at the end of the day, especially this early in the season, he's more concerned and more focused with making sure this team is doing the right things, making sure this team is still kind of rounding itself into form and doing what it knows. It has to do to win. And, 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 you know, again, I think that is something this team is still developing. You know, we talked about this yesterday, the Magic having a formula to win. Um, they are still developing and evolving and refining that formula. And this is, again, another great opportunity to do so. However, 
I know I said this back when the schedule came out, when the in-season tournament was officially announced. This is a great opportunity for the Orlando Magic. This is a team that has not played very many pressure games. And, and, and I'm not talking about close games. Like, there's pressure in close games. This is not a team that has had the opportunity to play must-win games. And let me make this perfectly clear. If Brooklyn wants to advance in the in-season tournament, Tuesday's game is a must-win game. You are not getting out of the group phase at 2-2. Two and two. You have to be 3-1 and one at minimum. Uh, and obviously, you want to win your group first and foremost. And Orlando's obviously just starting that. Brooklyn's already played Boston. That was their loss. They get two home games now to, to close this group out and set the pay. You know, Orlando's the first team to finish their group play. But Brooklyn can set the tone and say, hey, we're 2-1. and one. We beat Orlando. We have the inside track to be second place and potentially get a wild card to get into the next round. You do need to start thinking a little bit about this. I don't know if you're fully invested or fully thinking about it quite yet. It's still early for the Magic. But for Brooklyn, if they want to advance, if that's important to them, this is do or die. I believe, as I said, when when the groups came out, this is also important for the Magic. These games have meaning. Because it's not just about the in-season tournament games. If Orlando is going to make it to the playoffs and the margin is going to be as small as we think it is, wins over Brooklyn, wins over Chicago, wins over Toronto are going to matter. As the standings sit right now, the Boston Celtics are the clear runaway favorites. They're favored to win the group. They're favored to win the whole tournament still, according to our friends at FanDuel. Um, the Magic are third favored in the group. They're right behind Brooklyn, but in this or right behind Toronto last time I checked. But in the Eastern Conference standings, as they currently sit, Orlando's second at five and four. Brooklyn is five and five. Not only is this a game to separate the group, which again, that's big. This is this is a group separating game. Orlando winning this game takes Brooklyn out of the picture essentially and gives them the inside track because you know, maybe the Magic beat Chicago. I think, I think they will. And I, I think I said when this came out, the goal should be to win your two home games, split your two road games, and that should put you in a, in a spot. Uh, to have a chance to advance. I don't know if it'll get you out, but it'll give you a chance to advance. And I think that's what you're asking for right now. This is the kind of pressure I'm talking about, though. This is a team that is short on playoff experience. The only players with elimination game experience are Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac with the Magic, Joe Ingles and Gary Harris. That's it. Nobody else has playoff experience on this team. And so... I've always viewed, and, and, I, and I will cover this week like this, these next seven games are a playoff series. There are obviously four games among those seven that are more important, and if the Magic win those four and lose the other three, that's probably going to be fine in the end. But the Magic should treat this next two-week set almost like a playoff series because all the games are going to be important. What is that schedule, you ask? At Brooklyn, obviously, in-season tournament game tonight on Tuesday. Um, At Chicago on Wednesday, a back-to-back, which you won't see in the playoffs, but still a a really important game. At Chicago again Friday for the in-season tournament, a big, big game there. Sunday at Indiana, another potentially separator game. Indiana's got a crazy good offense. going to be a fun fun game. Apparently, Pacers are going to have a lot of time off before that game. Tuesday, first home in-season tournament game versus Toronto. Wednesday, a home game versus Denver. And then Friday, Black Friday, against the Boston Celtics. 
this is a big stretch for the Magic, and it, and it ends like what we perceive to be a, a rough stretch for Orlando. So overall, if Orlando's hovering around 500, by the time they reach Black Friday and, and they'll play, I think, Charlotte the following Sunday to close a homestand, that's probably going to be pr- going to put the Magic in pretty good shape. But this is the kind of focus we need to see. We need to see the Magic improving and getting better and, and continue to solidify themselves. And succeeding in the in-season tournament is a big part of that. Beyond the specialness of the tournament, which we're going to talk about here in a minute and what the NBA is trying to establish in doing this tournament, beyond that, this is an opportunity for this Magic team to get better. And to get better not only with the things they have to do on the court, but with how they handle the pressure and adversity that will eventually come when, not if, when they make a play- playoff series this coming spring. It is a great opportunity. It is a little earlier in the season than I would probably like. And, and look, there's going to be tweaks to this tournament as, as it moves forward. It is not going away. It has been a success so far. And I think I think it, I think fans are going to uh, fans who are even skeptical of this thing are going to get into it when the when they get to Las Vegas when the pressure really begins to build on these games mattering. The single elimination aspect of this tournament is going to be fascinating. I always say we need more elimination NBA basketball games. Nothing is like them. It's going to be a lot of fun. And obviously the Magic begin their journey tonight in Brooklyn. So what are these in-season tournament things all about? I reached out to our friends from across the pond uh, at Let's Talk Magic, the Orlando Magic UK podcast. We'll get their perspective on what the NBA is bringing in the in-season tournament and what in-season tournaments mean to them as soccer fans, as as soccer football fans, uh, in the UK, uh, the NBA has admitted that they've modeled this after kind of the FA Cup and, and some of the in-season tournaments they have in European soccer. We'll get their perspective on things coming up here in just a moment. But first, before we get to that, a quick word from our friends at Ibotta. How does a free Thanksgiving sound? Sounds pretty good, right? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete because... Who wants turkey without the gravy? With Ibotta, you can make sure you get the whole family's favorite side dishes and more, all while getting yourself cash back. Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back. They can cash out to your bank, bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Holiday season's right around the corner, folks. So it's not just Thanksgiving you got to worry about. You can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCK to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner Starting November 1st, so right now, it's already happening. Just go to go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCK. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED today. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. 
but there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And I am very, very happy to have on the show today uh, three friends from from across the pond to help us make sense of the in-season tournament and what in-season tournament life is like. I'm joined by the crew from Let's Talk Magic. Uh, you may formerly known as Orlando Magic UK. Um, three three really good friends. I've been on their show a number of times. Three really passionate. Three really passionate. It's actually four passionate Magic fans. One one of one of the one of the one of the gang is not here. We will not shame him, Garrett. Uh, but I'm joined by Mikey, Paul, and Gary from Let's Talk Magic. Uh, thank you guys for for for, jo- for joining the show. Uh, it's going to be busy. You could probably, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see how busy the, the screen is a little bit here. But we'll try and keep order uh, a little bit here as well as we get ready for for this in season in season tournament. Um, so first, uh, um, introduce your voices, I guess, because for the for the audio for the audio crew, and 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 tell us how you became Magic fan. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm Mikey. I'm the, the, I produce Let's Talk Magic, formerly Penny Few Thoughts and Orlando Magic UK. Uh, as you guys know, we, we've recently transitioned from Orlando Magic UK and we've uh, got a new podcast, Let's Talk Magic. Uh, it's the same waffle, <laughs> just a different name. We've got a new <laughs> website, letstalkmagic.com. Um, and basically, our goal of growing the Magic fan base in the UK is exactly the same. Um, and we've just... Uh, join partnerships with a UK company called Attraction Tickets who sell Orlando Magic tickets and do holidays to Florida. And uh, they basically help support what we do. So, um, yeah, that's me. Gary, you go next, mate. Okay, I'm Gary. Um, I'm, I can't mute the pod, but you've probably seen me do these 60-second shots on um, X, as it's now known. It might be the Tesla app one day. Um, just... <laughs> I'm getting, very, I'm getting very scared that the new magic naming right is naming rights for the arena is going to be the SpaceX center. So, so let's, <laughs> let's, let's maybe not talk so bad about, 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 uh, about Elon Musk and, 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 and his lording over us. Just imagine, just imagine what that would be like. But yeah, I do this. I do um, the 60 second shots. And I also uh, do a lot of the TikTok stuff. Um, I've been a magic fan since Shaq and I was the, the late edition um, I think Paul called me the Cole Anthony of the pod the other night, so I'll, I'll take that all day. You are the sixth man of our show, mate, without a doubt. Without I'll a doubt. You, uh, as I say, you came in late, and uh, but you produce you produce good figures for us, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, I'm, I'm Paul. I, uh, I tend to do the website stuff, uh, writing out game previews, also produ- doing those on YouTube now, uh, so keep an eye out for those. Um, I also contribute to the pod. Uh, Magic fans since around 20, 
13, 14. Uh, I came to basketball very late and um, I've only known rebuilding. So I'm <laughs> Yeah, really you've seen some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you've seen some things. Yeah. So this is this is this is this is a, a fun time for you just uh, you know having having winning expectations uh, really for, for the first time. But uh, I wanted to bring you guys in because uh, something so I think it's fun, but something new has come to the NBA. The Orlando Magic are finally going to be jumping into the in-season tournament on Tuesday. Uh, when they travel to Brooklyn, take on the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, four of their next seven games are in-season tournament games. I like to I like to think of these next two weeks as a playoff series. I hope the Magic are able to win four of these next seven. I hope the four that they win are the four that matter, so we can continue on in this tournament. Um, but NBA Commissioner Adam Silver made it you know made it very very clear that. This is an idea that's been, you know, kicking around the league for a long time, and it is something that they've ported over from European so- European soccer, European football, as well as European basketball. Also has these kind of in-season tournaments, whether it's Euro League, which is the a league of the best teams from all the domestic leagues, kind of like Champions League is in, in, in soccer. Um, it, they also, I believe, do have domestic tournaments and, and cups as well. And this is a completely foreign idea for uh, for certainly fans of the four major American sports. You know, there are no in-season tournaments for, you know, there, there are in-season tournaments in college basketball, like kind of Thanksgiving tournaments, like four teams in a place for mini vacation, kind of like a bowl game type deal. There, There's there's no, like, certainly no professional tournament quite like what the NBA is putting together here. And, you know, American response to it has been, a little bit quizzical at times. You know, I think there's a lot of people that do see it as something sort of manufactured, which it is. No one, I don't think anyone's going to deny that, but it is something that could potentially be very, very special. I mean, anytime you have a, tr- you know, anytime you put these competitive athletes in a room with a trophy on the line, things are going to happen. Like it's going to be exciting. So what I, I wanted to bring you guys in to kind of help educate us dumb Americans um, about why these in-season tournaments are special and, and and how teams approach them. You know, obviously, you know, I think Silver has cited specifically the FA Cup, which is uh, the, the tournament of all the teams, I believe, in, in the entire United Kingdom or just, just England. I don't, I don't even know that. And England I follow and Wales. Oh, England and Wales. England okay. And Wales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, that tournament is a tournament of like every single professional team in the country. This is obviously just NBA teams. I'll, I'll, I'll start with you, Mikey. What what do you think of this idea to kind of bring this idea to the NBA and, and to try it here in, in, the, in the US? I, I think it's going to do two things, Phil. And I think one of them is it's going to give young teams like the Magic or, or even teams near the bottom of the league that aren't going to be very competitive. It still gives them something else to play for, um, even early on in the season. Um you're going to get two different perspectives here because I'm I'm a Liverpool fan, so we're Liverpool are pretty successful in Europe, but Paul, Paul and, uh, <laughs> and Gary both support lower league teams, shall we say, or or, or lower down clubs. <laughs> but what it does is it gives the it gives teams of a lower league a chance to have a scalp against a bigger club. So like, I've been to Liverpool games in the FA Cup over the years. And I've watched them lose against teams that are illegal two below them, and it's and, and it creates a lot of buzz. Um, not for not not losing if you're a big team, but I, I think it gives teams uh, a chance to 
to go up against the big, the big teams. Um, we're all expecting like Philadelphia, Boston, Denver to be powerhouses anyway. But I think for a Magic team, it could give us a lot of confidence this year. Um, and I think the other thing that this does just for the NBA as, whole, as a whole, we're obviously in the thick of the NFL season. And I think it t- creates a little bit more interest in the NBA early in the season when generally it probably doesn't pick up until the NFL season's finished and you get towards the playoffs. So I think it gives the NBA more all-season eyes on them um, and a little bit more interest. So I think it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, and look, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that this isn't a little bit contrived. Um, I think you're right. I think you're right, Mikey. I think that, I think that you know, there is a perception, you know, even among NBA fans and basketball fans, that the season doesn't really start till Christmas. And, and I think the NBA is trying to combat that. They are trying to put the focus back on the basketball. You know, I think Adam Silver said mm-hmm. that in 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 his his uh, interview with JJ Redick on Old Man and the Three. Um, that you know we're trying to put the interest back in basketball and make the games feel big and, and feel like they matter. And you know I think there has been skepticism about how hard players will go in these games. And I think even you know and I've always and I kind of said like look, there's four group play games. The first couple probably aren't going to feel that different, but once the stakes become a little clearer, once like everyone says okay we need this game to advance to, 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 to try and win something. I, I think the intensity is going to increase. Like, you know, the magic, like the, I think this can be a great example of this. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are one and one in their, in their, in the group yeah. right now, when they play the magic for the magic's first game. And, and like, I've kind of told people, like, I think this Orlando Brooklyn game could decide who finishes second in the group. And, and, and it's, it should feel like a very, you know, it should feel like a bigger game. And for Brooklyn, mm-hmm having already lost and they lost to Boston, who's every, everyone's expecting to win group C Brooklyn, having already lost a game, they might be playing with a bit more urgency in the magic or just kind of easing themselves into this thing. And so it's going to be interesting to see as we get deeper into this, in, into the group play, how the intensity ratches up. Um, You know, Paul, Mikey mentioned that, you know, you, you cheer for a team that's from a lower, lower division. I was, I was, I'm a Fulham fan. So it's like, we're you know, even though we're in the premier league, it's like we're in a lower division sometimes, um, but you know, Fulham was in that position too. They, I think they made a deep FA cup run. Uh, one of the years they were in, they were in the championship as well. What is, what is the approach that, that teams take, you know, there's, there's differing approaches, I think, to even in, in, in the English in, in, in the FA cup system Absolutely. to how teams approach these games. How, how, how are these in, how are these in-season tournament games viewed, uh, in that kind of soccer contact context? With regards with regards to the soccer, there's um there are two in season tournaments that we have. One is called the Carabao Cup, which doesn't have the the shine, the kudos attached to it that the FA Cup, which is the other one, does have. Um, in the Carabao Cup, we'll we'll cover that to start with. Most teams tend to field weakened size. Um, come the FA Cup then teams really do still want to win it. And your the the difference with the FA Cup is that there's still this romance attached to it. It's a it's a it's an old tournament. It's been around for so so many years. It's open to non-league sides, it's open open to non-professional sides who will battle through qualifying rounds, 
with the goal of ending up in the first round and taking on some of the lower league sides. It's the third round when the likes of Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal, Manchester City, Tottenham come into the competition. Everybody wants to be in the third round because that's where your glamorise are. You know this, Phil, from from watching Fulham when the Premiership teams come in and the uh, Championship teams. Everybody wants to be in that draw. The FA Cup, everybody wants to win it. Everybody wants to play in it. So you don't get those weakened sides. And I think that even though this is the inaugural competition for the in-season tournament, I think there will be a kudos attached to winning and getting to Vegas. So I think teams, and particularly players, will want to be involved. I think they will be playing hard and wanting to have the opportunity to win the, the inaugural competition. Now, whether or not we see ultimately the the way it's constructed tweaked, I think, and I think that's likely. Um, players will want to be involved. For the magic, I think it's invaluable experience of playing meaningful basketball in a in a in a playoff like series, shall we say? It's a it's a yeah. four team series, so. To have that experience early in the season, in what is still for the Magic a developmental season, it's invaluable. Um, I say, I think that granted, half a million dollars per player for winning it is not going to hurt. I'm sure that nobody's wanting to turn it down, particularly dependent upon your um, bank balance at the time. You know, and uh, the longer you've been around, I'm sure that it means less to the likes. Half a million dollar would mean less the likes of KD and LeBron than it would to one or two of the rookies. But to actually win the inaugural tournament will be a feather in a player's cap. They will be able to say, yeah, we won, we won the first one. So I think that the, genuinely there is an excitement around the competition that perhaps hasn't transferred fully to the fans yet. But the play, you only have to look at the games. They've been competitive. They have been competitive. Mm -hmm. You looked. Uh, I don't know if you saw LeBron's reaction to to winning the other night with the Lakers. Clearly, it meant something. Clearly, it meant something. So I think, despite the scepticism, we are seeing that there is an excitement and an interest in being part of that competition. Yeah, and 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 it. You know, you guys can can correct correct me if I'm wrong here. It does feel like the NBA is trying to again. The NBA is manufacturing factoring a lot of this. I think there's still work to get by. And I think the games have been more intense than, than, than I think we, some of us expected, but you know, it's definitely not playoff intensity, but I, I think I got to give the NBA credit. I was skeptical about the court thing. They, they talked about it for a while, but you know, the courts and the jerseys, I think do amp the intensity. Like, you know, I, I think there is something to say, like when the magic wear their throwback jerseys, like, and you know, they've, they're what three and one so far in their throwback in the, in the throwback jerseys, like, these kids grow up in a world where, you know, you're wearing a different Jersey. It does, it does pump you, it does pump you up. Um, and, and I think adults like, like us sometimes lose sight of that, that these are still kids. And like, I, like, I remember like I was at a, at a Northwestern football game one time, the, the, the Wildcats wore these just absolutely ugly jerseys. Everyone in my, in my fan group was, was trashing them. And there's, it was a game that I was actually at and attended 
And there are these two seven, there's like a seven and eight year old sitting next to me and Northwestern comes running out in these jerseys. And they're like, oh my God, those jerseys are the coolest. And I was just like, well, this isn't for me anymore. <laughs> um, this, you know, this, uh, I, am, I am past that generation. Um, I think I think they I think they missed the trick, Phil, this season. I, I think it was uh, Chris Vernon from the Ringer from the Mismatch podcast. He was saying that the NBA should have brought back classic jerseys for all thirty teams. Yeah, classic courts back for all thirty teams for the tournament games. Um, I, I think that would have made it. My 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 only I, mean, I don't know if I don't know if you guys read the Zach Lowe article. Like I, I love that the like I will always applaud an organization like the NBA you know, typically a conservative organization that's not going to try new things. I will always applaud them for doing something new and bold. Like the courts yeah. are maybe a step too far for me. Some of those courts are really distracting. I'm not looking forward to Friday's game in Chicago. <laughs> um, it's going to be, it's, it's going to hurt my eyes. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the magic score. I, I think it's, it's interesting. Um, but I will apply, you know, my only complaint was like, this is a great bold idea it feels like you rushed it a little bit. Um, it, 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 even like by their own admission, it felt like it felt like it was rushed. Um, Gary, I'll, 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 I'll turn to you with this question, this question then um, as, as a fan who is used to, you know, as, as someone who is used to kind of a sports culture where these kinds of tournaments happen, how do you think the NBA has done kind of rolling this thing out and, and trying to make it feel important? Does it feel like it's a, a natural fit with the rest of the league? I think any time that you bring change in, Phil, that it's gonna people are, are not gonna necessarily accept it, and there'll always be skepticism. And I think with the NBA, they've tried the courts, whether we like them or we don't, we're talking about them, and there's interest there. And I'm starting to think, oh, there's a tournament game coming up now. I think what will happen is I think the NBA has done their bit, and I think it's now on to the players and the organisations to put on the best show. And I think the interest level, if it's anything like here, will pick up as it progresses. So when looking at it from a football perspective, interest in the earlier rounds of the cup, you don't necessarily see massive crowds like you would. You might see, you know, a half empty stadium, et cetera. I think it's when it's there's a chance we could do something here. So I think if the magic progress in the tournament, people who maybe aren't so interested and are skeptical and going, oh, it's just a marketing ploy will start to think, hold on, we might not be favourites for the NBA title. If we won the title this season, it would be a true shock to everyone. We'd love it, but it would be a true shock. But if we start getting a look at that trophy and going, hold on, we might actually win this. We're moving towards it and there's less and less involved. That's when people will pick up. And when it gets to the final, that will be marketed by the NBA. But people will then be interested in the marketing because it'll be like, oh, this game means something the likes of whoever interest these players who play if they're not wanting to win the game in the first place shouldn't really be playing yeah <laughs> and then when you throw a trophy into the mix and the chance to be the first winner of that the mvp of the game to to hold something up at the end it'll start to take on its own it'll build its own legacy if if you've got if you've got an overtime game as well or a really great you know like crunch game to go to the final or something or to win it that's going to drum up interest so I think it's a chance for people who maybe aren't thinking about winning the NBA title this season to win it. But I think it's also how the NBA follow it once it gets into the later rounds. Because right now you're either on board or you're not. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and and like again, like these guys are competitors. I, I think I don't think people understand how competitive you have to be to be successful in this league. 
if you put if if you put a trophy in front of them and they're not competing hard for it, like that's not the guy you want on your team. Like, like I, I agree. Like, I mean, I, I was gonna mention like kind of the, the fan thing, you know, even like US soccer culture, US football culture is still growing, but like, you know, Orlando City is a pretty well established team. They've got a they've got a good fan base. They they still only sell half the stadium for the early US Open Cup games. You know, like they'll 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 sell the side that the TV side, I think. And 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 the wall gets sold, but the other the the seats behind the other goal don't get sold. Like it's still, you know, even in a culture where yes, these games matter and Orlando City's won the US Open Cup before. It takes a while, you know, you have to like smell the trophy a little bit to 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 start like really building like, oh, the atmosphere that this is a playoff game. And so, you know, I I, I think that I think there's something right about that. Like, you know, these are regular season games. So they, they, they double count, um, which we can debate that part of the of the system, too. But um, I, I do agree. I think by the time, you know, if the Magic do their job and they're two, let's say two and one, they, they drop one of these games here heading into that game against Boston on, on the day after Thanksgiving, um, that game's going to feel very big. It's going to feel big anyway, because it's Boston. It's a two 30 tip off. It's a two 30 Eastern time tip off. It's a, it's a quasi holiday. It's going to feel big already. And I think if it matters for this team and their chances to advance, it's going to feel even bigger. Uh, and so I, I think, I think, I think people will buy into this as, as we get deeper into the tournament. Let's take another quick break from our conversation with Let's Talk Magic to tell you a little bit about FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. I actually... Look this up over the weekend. So I don't know if the odds have changed, but they do have odds on who's going to win your win the uh, the, the the in-season tournament groups. When I checked this weekend, the Boston Celtics were favored not only to win the whole thing at nine to two odds, uh, or, or win the whole thing, they're favored to win the group at nine to two odds overall. The Magic were third at 13 to two odds. I actually think that's a decent value if that's the direction you want to go. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. 
Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I hope, one thing I do hope um, with regards to going into that Boston game is that we are in a position as the Magic to be actually competing with Boston for, say, top position in the group because it's actually being carried on um, British cable TV over here. Um, it's being carried live. So it could be a really passionate game for Primetime game for you the guys. UK audience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> coming back to the question that you asked, Gary, there's one thing I think that the, the NBA have done particularly well in rolling this tournament out, and that's without they've not added um, a whole load of games into the player schedules. The majority of it has been built around the regular season schedule, just making those games perhaps a little more competitive. The thing I don't think they've done well is explaining the subsequent process of the games beyond the initial group stage it's got a little bit confusing as to how this is being constructed yeah we all know it ends up in vegas but how do you work in this regular season games between times um i think that they could do a little bit better there but i'm guessing that by the time we've had this in this inaugural competition once it's all been through we understand it better yeah yeah and i, I agree with that because i mean i think everyone was confused because when the schedule came out everybody had 80 games. So there's going to be two, you know, there's going to be two games added for everybody after this group play is finished. And so even if you, even if you don't advance, you're still going to get two games added in to, to, to kind of complete your 82 game schedule. And, you know, I think this, I'll agree with this. I think the standings, you know, it, some, some of it, you just got to experience. You just got to kind of go through and see what the permutations are. It's, it's hard to explain it in theory uh, instead of in practice. Yeah. Um, and so obviously everyone's still kind of getting their feet wet on that. Um, I don't think they've explained the tiebreakers particularly well. Um, I think the broadcasters are starting to do that. Um, the first, the first tiebreaker is obviously head to head. The next tiebreaker is point differential. And then the next tiebreaker after that is, uh, I think it's, uh, how many points you score. And if you're still tied mm -hmm. after all that, your seeding from last year, it, it gets you the win. So like the magic, the magic better hope the magic you better hope that you know the magic lose that that tiebreaker automatically because that's that's how they that's how they've decided to do things. So I think I think that part is definitely still a little bit of a mystery and still something that that the that they're trying to that they have to let play out and explain as situations come up and and, and I think they'll they'll obviously obviously adjust. Um we've we've hinted on this about why these games could be important for the magic. Um, and I'm a big believer, like I think with all of you that what this team lacks most is big game experience is pressure game experience. And so this tournament gives the magic a chance to play some, to, you know, yes, manufacture some pressure. Like I've, I've been Joe. I mean, I think I, I think I said this the moment the schedule came out, the magic need to treat these next two weeks as a seven game series. There are, at Brooklyn, at Chicago, at Chicago, at Indiana, home versus Toronto, 
home versus Denver, home versus Boston. Seven games. Mm-hmm. That is a playoff series. And while it's not a playoff series in that the, ske- the travel schedule's the same as a playoff series or you're playing the same opponent, those two games against Chicago, I think, are really, really interesting and a fun little fun little experiment part of this. Um, but I think that with the intensity that you want to try and get for these games and the chance to win something, this should yeah, the Magic should view this as a mini playoff series. Um, the Magic should view this as, hey, we need to win for these next seven uh, to 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 advance to to kind of prove ourselves and to put our focus on that. And 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 I'm curious, you know, I think you all agree agree with that notion that this this is an opportunity to to try playing in some pressure games. How you know, especially with where the Magic are at in the season, I'll get your takes on on the season so far here in a minute. Um, how like how important has games like this been for for team for you know maybe some some of your some of your teams that have been in these in season tournaments and have done well and carried that over to their regular season like can can this can this truly be a launching point for a young team like the magic i think i'll i'll hop I'll, I'll go back to and excuse it being a football reference here um, That's the perspective I'm looking for. So, so when, don't, don't, when don't excuse it. One of the most successful British football managers ever is a guy called Alex Ferguson with Manchester United. Manchester United were struggling when he first took over as the manager and they continued to struggle. And um, a pivotal game, a turning point for Ferguson was when they came to Nottingham Forest, local team to myself, in the FA Cup, and he was on the point of being sacked. They won that game, and from that point on, Manchester United took strides forward to become one of the most dominant teams that this country has ever seen, as little as I like to say it, in... Um, British football for that period of time. It was a major, major stepping stone for confidence and something clicked. That's what a cup competition can give you. Yeah. I I would build off the back of that and um, Paul's given probably the best example, but from mine, I support Sunderland. Um, You might have seen the Netflix Sunderland I Die double series. Um, In 2014, Sunderland were pretty much dead and buried. As in relegation, the manager was saying we're going to need a miracle, etc. And Sunderland that season um, went on in the League Cup, um, so it's the one below the FA Cup, uh, the League Cup tournament, and got all the way to the final. And Sunderland's form picked up as they built momentum in the League Cup. So as the League Cup progresses, you start to see teams taking it seriously because they wanted to still win a trophy. So going to Wembley to play Manchester City, Sunderland dug themselves out, even though it was extra games, with momentum knocking sides like Chelsea, who were putting good teams out out of the League Cup to get to play Manchester City in the final. And Sunderland managed to stay up, I feel, off the back of that momentum because they performed as a top 10 team in that run of games and ended the season really, really well and pulled off what... Gus Poyet at the time said, was the miracle. The prayers were answered, he said. But the League Cup run played a huge, huge part in that. 
I can't let Paul bring up Alex Ferguson without bringing up Jurgen Klopp in one episode. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's another great example. So Jurgen Klopp took over Liverpool seven, eight years ago. uh, And we basically had a a late season run in the Europa League, which is the competition below the Champions League in Europe. Um, And we had big wins against Borussia Dortmund at Anfield. And Liverpool went on to the final and lost the final. But there was suddenly some belief around the club that they could go on and actually win things. And from that point onwards, Jurgen Klopp won Liverpool their first Premier League title in 30 years. They've won the Champions League. They've won the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup. They've won every competition possibly going. And it was all off the back of that belief that they got going through to the Europa League final. They lost it, but it's that belief that a young team and a new manager or a new coach can give you. Um, yeah, so th- there's there's loads of examples of, of cup competitions of following and carrying on that momentum. Yeah, and I I think that's that's a really important point that I think you all brought up that it's not like for for a young team like the Magic, it's not necessarily winning the thing. Like, yeah, you want to win the thing, and, and and bringing home a trophy would be a really cool thing. But even advancing to even like like beating Boston to advance to the quarterfinals would be a huge, huge confidence boost for this team. And, and, you know, being placed, let's say they play, let's say they play Milwaukee, you know, who they beat, who the Magic beat on Saturday. They they play Milwaukee when Milwaukee might actually have a reason to to, to win or play hard. Like, like, look, Damian Lillard didn't play Saturday. If this were April, if this were a playoff series, Damian Lillard is playing. Like, he is not so hurt that he's playing. And, and, and that'll be one of the interesting things that we see develop as this tournament advances is whether some of those load management stuff or some of those, those injury management stuff that you care about during an 82-game season, whether they suddenly say, like, hey, this, this game means something. Like, let's treat this like a, like a playoff game. And I think that's, that's some of the unknown about this tournament is whether teams will, will treat it with that kind of seriousness where guys gut through injuries – in the playoffs that they don't gut through in the regular season. And, and, and I think mm-hmm. that'll, that'll be a tipping point with player buy-in and, and especially with team buy-in because the teams are the ones kind of spearheading this player man, this uh, load management thing. It's not the players. Players want to play, um, but they, they see the big picture. It's a marathon, not a sprint um, through the 82 game schedule. But for a team like the magic, like, you know, I, I think some fans can be a little off put by saying, Oh, we want to make the play in. We want to make the play in. But it's like, no, the, the play-in is a stepping stone. It's exposing the team to what playoff pressure feels like so that, A, they can succeed in it the following season because these rebuilds are multi-year projects. You know, Even mm-hmm. a team like the Magic, we're still in a multi-year project of getting to where they want to go. Getting to the play-in, experiencing pressure basketball, potentially, like I'm a huge fan of the play-in for the same reason I'm a huge fan of the in-season tournament is it, it allows young teams to have the opportunity to experience success in pressure situations. Like, yeah, being the eight seed, getting fed to the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, like it's, it's important for this magic team to get, get beat in a five game, beat, get beat in five games. Like that's, that's, that's a learning experience this team needs. They need to know what their weaknesses are, but it would be just as, as good to say you're in a game seven. Like this is a single elimination tournament you have to win. How do you respond? You know, that first time you might, you know, you may get beat up a little bit. Okay. Now I know what it's like. Now I know the preparation necessary. Now I'm ready for the next time. And that's, that's especially for this young magic team. 
that's what they need. And so I am, I'm a fan of any opportunity they get to, to experience that in, in any way, even that you can manufacture it, which, which I think this in season tournament is, is doing. Um, we're obviously now eight games into the season. We've, we've had some, or nine games into the season now. Um, we've had some time to kind of sit with this, with this group, uh, and see what they're about. There's obviously been some injuries. There's, there's been some expected ups and downs. We're entering this critical seven game part, seven uh, game part of the schedule. Um, that's not easy by any means, you know, Chicago, Toronto are probably the weakest teams magic are facing over the next two weeks. And they're not bad. Like, you know, Chicago's had their struggles. Toronto's had their struggles. But they're very capable of winning these games, and and it's going to be a challenge. Um, Mikey, I'll start with you. What do you think of the Magic so far and what you've seen from this team? I think it's roughly where we thought we they, they would be at this point. I think if we would have said at the beginning of the season we'd be five and four, I think we would have taken it, knowing that we had a, a four-game West Coast road trip to start the season after the Rockets' opening night. Um there's obviously a lot of frustration. There's there's games that the Magic are leaving on the table. You were you were talking just now about the in-season tournament, Phil, about you want to look at it like it's a playoff series. I mean, in a playoff series, there's a lot of game-to-game adjustments and learning from the previous game. And we've seen that this week. Like The Magic had a 21-point a lead against Milwaukee last night. They let the lead get down to 11, but they didn't get let it get any closer than that. And then they pulled away and closed the game out. And they learned that from the Dallas game on Wednesday when they blew a 13-point halftime lead and could never really get themselves going. Um, those are the little things that we're seeing. And, and I'd like to think that maybe come March, April, we'll see more of the Milwaukee games where the Magic aren't blowing leads. I think that's just the thing that a young team has to go through at this point and, and learn how to close up games and, and win games you should. Um, but I think overall, I think five and four, we're happy. We're, or satisfied is probably a better word, but I think there's there's lots of areas for the Magic to improve. Obviously, the injury bugs hit us as well a little bit, but um, I think despite that, I think it's been a good start. Paul, uh, Paul, what what have you seen from from the Magic Magic so far this season? You know, maybe something that encourages you as as they get ready for uh, for this this next stretch of games. Right. The first thing that I think is encouraging is that it took us sixteen games to reach five wins last season, and then we went on another nine game loss to get to that five and twenty record. So the record is already improved on where we were last season. You look at our free throw attempts, we are second in the league in taking free throws. We are second in the league as far as steals are concerned. We rank fifth in two-point shots attempted. We rank seventh in making offensive rebounds. These are all huge improvements. Yes, there's been frustrations around three-point efficiency, throwing leads away, and certainly around free throws, the actual percentage that we are taking the sorry the percentage that we are successful at but the positive is that we are getting those decisions from officials now we aren't being the number of times that in previous seasons we've sat down and gone how the hell did we not get a, did we not get foul calls here and the differential has been so far against us it's been mind-blowing we are now getting those calls and in all honesty we could probably have had more in some of those things. I think the other thing that you've got to be really happy about is that we are able, we have such depth now that where we have the injuries, such as Markel, 
we have players like Anthony Black to come in and cover. That is then causing us to have this debate as, as to is Mark L the future or is Anthony Black the better option or are neither of them the option? Do we do we see a further development subsequently down the line? But this is something that we haven't been in a position to have where we've got two or three clear units. The starting unit is a very clear unit. The second, the second tier of um, the bench unit is a strong unit. There are players on there who have all got legitimate starter minutes in them and have experienced of that. It's a great position to actually be in. Our defensive rating has improved to such a stage that we are playing, we're playing elite level defence. There is so much to like as to what we've had, but we, it's, I think it's, it, it speaks volumes to the way that we are playing, that we are critical of those mistakes. We're winning games, but we are critical of the mistakes. There's, you know, there's points where we've looked and gone, I'm not happy at some of the decisions that the coach has made. Probably we should have gone with the hot hand. I wish we'd have left this rotation playing. We aren't focusing on, wow, we've been blown out. We are focusing on, we could have won that game. We lost it by a couple of points. And looking at decisions that perhaps made it. Or we've won by such in such a way that we're then able to look at, well, we missed points here. And we didn't have the performance in that way. Or well, like Mike was talking about, we've let a lead go, but we've managed to find it back. How to keep that focus throughout the game. We're, we're in a good position. I think it's been a very, very encouraging start. And if if you'd have offered us five and four at this state, I don't think there'd be a Magic fan who would have took it. Especially yeah. Especially if we could have had two more wins. Easily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, like I always, I always tell people like, Winning makes you hungry for more winning and makes you a little dissatisfied with how you win sometimes. And and I think Magic fans are very encouraged by the start, but definitely feel there is there's there is more on the table. And that that's the exciting part, I, I think, is that it does feel like this team is it is, can and will get a lot better as the season goes on. Uh uh Gary, what what's been your big takeaway, your big observation of, of the season so far? I think there's a, a number of them. I think when the injury bug started to hit, it was first of all how we would adapt to that. So when Wendell went down and Markel went down, I kind of had this, oh, here we go again. Gary Harris is out. And it's seen different players start to step up. I'm Jalen Suggs has been the big takeaway where I think the last two games in particular, if we see the offensive side of Jalen Suggs matching what we already knew we had defensively and, and intensity-wise, if we can see Jalen get a run of games now, that's going to be the big takeaway because in the past, I think he's started to build momentum and then get injured. And then he's kind of had to find his way back in when he's looked as though he's been ready to break out. So I think if you remember the Bulls game uh, last season when he had the jaw and he was kind of doing the magic, that was when I thought Suggs was ready to break out and then he got a knock and he was out for a while after. So if Jalen can stay fit and lock in on this offensive side, we're starting to see the number five pick the guy who had all of that hype, the guy who was brought in and was seen as a, a leader, a competitor, a franchise guy. The last two games he's been there again. And I think when you start to team him up with Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner, it is scary for the league because you can see three of the core for the Magic going from there. 
So that's been my big takeaway. We've kind of getting Franz there. He's at times been a little bit off. We've seen Paolo after the slow start re-emerge into Paolo again, but I think it's the the Jalen Suggs leap that's exciting me the most of that's possibly three of the five going forward. So that's my big takeaway, Jalen Suggs. Yeah, it, and it definitely feels like there are a lot of players stepping up in, in ways that we expected, in ways that we didn't expect. And, and certainly, you know, Paolo needed a little time to get himself going. Uh, Franz, I think, you know, we didn't talk, you know, we talked about tournaments for this for the last 40 minutes, didn't mention Franz getting Franz winning the world, Franz and Mo winning the World Cup. Uh, you know, playing in those pressure games, Paolo getting to the to the semifinals to the bronze medal game with Team USA, playing in those pressure games, all that experience matters, and and it's definitely served them well, even if they're you know still kind of easing themselves back uh, into the, into the NBA's regular season. Uh, guys, I, I want to thank you for for joining the show and, and taking the time to give us your perspective on things. I hope uh, I hope your I hope your experience with in season tournaments and and cheering for teams that that play in these tournaments has helped get Magic fans excited and more intrigued, at least, by what's what's going to be coming up starting uh, Tuesday against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, who, whoever has the spiel, uh, tell us a little bit uh, about uh, what to expect on, on Let's Talk Magic this season. Yeah, let, let, Let's Talk Magic. You can follow us uh, on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we've got our website, letstalkmagic.com, where Paul does all our all our articles. Uh, there's a lot of tailored content for UK fans on there, I would say. Um, but yeah, we, we do a weekly podcast covering the magic from the other side of the pond. Uh, we, we try and get special guests on every week as well. Um, we, we've had the likes of Alex Martins on. We had a couple of years ago, we've had Nick Anderson. Uh, we, we've had loads of great guests. And uh, yeah, we, we're just trying to do our part and, and help grow the magic fandom in the UK. Yep, and, and hopefully, you know, I, I know I know Magic fans are a little were a little peeved about the game in Mexico City just because he had to give up a home game. But I do hope, you know, there is a very large UK fan base in mm-hmm. a UK Magic fan base uh, dating back to when the Magic went there, and I think 1992 uh, with with Shaq uh, against the Hawks, um, ironically against the Hawks. Um, you know, I, I definitely do think that the Magic want to head back. Would love the opportunity to head back to London, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure the Magic would be very very game to to go back there as well um guys i appreciate you coming on the show uh and chatting with me a little bit about the in-season tournament and hopefully uh we'll be we'll be talking soon about about the playoffs and 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 in-season tournament final maybe absolutely I want to thank the guys over at Let's Talk Magic for coming on the show and chatting about the Orlando Magic, chatting about the in-season tournament. I hope their perspective on on what the NBA is trying to do gets you a little bit more excited for tonight's game. I know I am very, very excited about tonight's game, too. You can, you can, all, uh, you can of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, search your tune in, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them place all podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device for lists on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Also, be sure to check out my Patreon page if you want to support me more directly. Go to patreon.com slash orlandomagichub. I add some extra content on there, including playbook videos, Breaking down game, breaking down game action. We have a Discord page as well, and I'm always open to ideas uh, for those who choose to support me on the Patreon page. Definitely check that out. Also, be sure to check me out tonight on the PSF app. I'll be going live uh, during the game. We'll be I'll be chatting and watching along 
as the Magic take on the Brooklyn Nets tonight at 7.30. If you don't watch and follow along there, of course, check out SiriusXM. Search Magic to hear the local home broadcast on the SiriusXM app or wherever. Um, I want to thank you all again. Once I want to thank you once again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.